Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Become Fire podcast. Uh, Father Anthony here, your host on this beautiful healing series that we're doing. Um, if you have not been with us, please join us. In the last three episodes, we've been talking about physical healing, um, and then we started part one of emotional healing, and I'm so glad to have back with us this week, Aaron Sylvester. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Um, thank you so much for your beautiful story um, last week and, uh, and telling us about your kind of emotional healing journey. And, and I want to reflect on um, emotional healing. That's kind of where we're on. We're talking about the di- kind of different physical, emotional, spiritual, psychological healing. And we're talking about why each of these healings are important. Because oftentimes we can say, I-, I don't need physical healing. I don't need emotional healing, whatever the case may be. Um, I- I'm just, you know, I'll just... As we talk, as you talked about, just push it all down and avoid it and not worry about it and just move forward. I'm just going to move forward. I'm going to forgive and forget. I'm going to move forward. But oftentimes uh, when we don't actually go through the process of allowing the Lord to heal us in those places, in our wounds, in our emotions, um, it we're actually preventing a deeper relationship with him. And so uh, you, I would say, I, I hope, um, would say you're closer to God now. Um, and to your husband, to your children, than you were before you went through this journey of healing. So what has it been like? What is your relationship with God like now um, in a different way than it was? Because you were, and even into high school, you talked about you were going to mass, you were going to adoration, you were involved in your faith. What, what, uh, what, how is your relationship now with God compared to then? And how has your emotional healing affected that journey in your spiritual life? Okay, so... How, how are things different now? I would say that a lot of uh, my relationship with the Lord was based on um, needs. What did I need? And, and based on um, my, um, my sorrow, my pain, um, like I was able to enter into like the mass or the stages of the cross or the rosary, but I, it was from a place of pain. So my own pain, my own, um, my own stuff. But then as I've, as I've healed, it's, it's almost like I'm actually able to like see it for what it is. Mm. I'm able to enter the mass to, for what it is, not for what I'm placing on it or like the stations of the cross for what they are or the, the mysteries of the rosary. I'm able to enter into it and see what did Christ do for me? Like what, who, who he is like, and what he's done for me not putting my stuff on him. And then, so then I'm able to like actually grieve for what he did for me rather than coming from a place of the grief that I'm existing in. And it just kind of like rolling over into this um, reflection on what, on the the mass and what the mass is. So there's like this nuance where I feel like I'm actually able to love more freely. Like it's, it's not... And I would actually, at some point in the middle of my journey, I felt like, gosh, he, I felt like he manipulated me. <laughs> you duped me, oh Lord. Yeah. I let myself be duped. Okay, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I kind of felt like I needed him. Like I really, really needed him. Yeah. And he met me in my needs and he satiated those wounds. Uh, he, but, you know, I had to. I had to do those things in order to survive. Yeah. So I kind of felt like I was manipulated. So then when the, so then it brought me to a place where I want to love 
because I love. I want to love him because I love him, not because I need him. And then I realized that I need him. So <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> uh, this interesting yeah manifestation that I yeah I do need him because suffering is inevitable. And uh, but I love him because I love him. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, interesting phrase you said there is. I was putting my stuff onto my relationship with God. And I even say, you can even say, it felt like in your earlier story from last uh, podcast that you were putting your stuff on your relationship with your husband, you were putting your stuff on your relationship with your kids, you're kind of putting your stuff on your relationships. And, and then it was through this healing process that you're able to stop putting your stuff on these relationships with God, husband, kids, et cetera. Um, and, and so what did God do to help kind of transform that aspect? And, and why is that important for all of us in our journey with God? Can I go on a little? Can I take yes. on a little journey here? Of course. Okay. I, I'm, I'm ready for a journey. <laughs> okay. So I've been uh, recently contemplating um, things because of this book I'm reading with this book club of lovely mothers, um, and in this book it it brought to light uh, creation and God creating the world, and it made me ask the question: Well, why did God create me? Like, why? Why did He create us? He didn't need us. Why did He create us? So it, I, it's a really big question. There's no way we can fully understand it. It's a mystery of the church. But he gave me this like really small understanding, um, actually very, very recently through my husband. Once again, a lot of it comes through my husband. That love just overflows. And we are a manifestation of that overflowing of like his mm. love. That, that's what I felt like God was showing me yeah. particularly. And an overflowing of this love... Um, I am, I am created. So I am in an order for me to actually, um, to actually like live, to live out. And I, I live out this love that he has given us. And well, actually in the fall, um, man, evil existed because of the absence of that love. And so then Jesus came in order to feel that absence, to make up for all the loss of men. And and basically show us why, like show us how to love, that we can actually enter back into that love, into that joy, into that generosity of God and who God is, that that was God's intention. God's intention for us was to be in love, to, to love, for love. His intention for us was to have joy, was to have peace, was to, was to like live in happiness. But because of the absence of love, because he loved us, he gave us a choice and we chose not to love him. Um, he gave us Jesus. And so now we're stuck with these instances in which there is an absence of love, which sin exists. And as a result of that, I feel like um, our emotions like get in the way of us actually living in that love that he originally designed for us. And the reason why we need to heal our emotions is actually so we can love him. Like they get, they get the emotions get in the way. And so by walking through a grief process, we can actually calm down those emotions, which then allows us to enter into the love that he originally designed for us through Christ. So 
there's definitely a need to heal the emotions. There's obviously more to it than that. You're talking about physical, mental, and spiritual healing also. But the emotions just seem to get in the way of living the joy, to living in his joy, to living in his generosity, to living in his peace. Um, they seem to be distorting our truth. Um, they seem to distort reality. Um, and that's why they need to be healed. Yeah. And I guess I want, if I'm, I'm clarify, if if I'm wrong about this, but what you're talking about is is negative emotions or maybe emotions that are flowing from trauma, not necessarily like you talk about joy. Joy is a good emotion. Mm-hmm. We do want to have you know in our relationship with God and and even all the emotions because we're emotional people. We want to we do want to have them in prayer. We do want to bring them to God um, when they're when they're healed, when they're rightly ordered, when we are properly sorrowing for the the sorrow of the cross. We are properly angry like Jesus was when we're flipping over tables in the temple. But oftentimes we're angry about a wound from our childhood. We're sorrowing over a grief that we experienced that, that's coming out sideways and we're putting that emotion onto God. We're putting that that negative and negative, not necessarily neg- that emotions are negative, but negative in the sense of it, it's, it's, it's coming from a place that isn't healed. And that emotion is, isn't uh, actually being ordered to God out of a place of healing, it's a wound that's infected and this, this infection's what's coming out. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I that a good analogy um, for, for this, this relationship with God? Yes, I would definitely say so. Absolutely. And I would, and we talked about earlier the grief process, um, which was developed by Kubler-Ross and it's not linear. You go in and out of the different um, stages of grief per se, but I think each of the stages of grief actually elicit different types of emotions. So like a lot of people um, can go online and they can find an emotion wheel to help identify the emotions that you're experiencing. Um, But if you have if you look at it, some of the emotions are like anger, disgust, annoyance. And I would say those might fall under um, the anger part of the grief process. Or you'll find things like sadness, um, loss of hope. Then um, those would fall under the, the sadness part of the grief process. And then you have all the positive emotions. And I would say you feel those when you're in a place of acceptance or sometimes when you're in a place of denial. Um, but, but I think all the emotions actually fall into the grief process. And when you have too much of one, it's because you're like stuck in that one. Maybe it's an easy go-to for you because maybe that one was accepted when you were a child. Yeah. Maybe it was okay to be angry because your parents were angry all the time. So maybe it was okay for you to be, maybe it wasn't okay for you to be angry. Maybe it was okay for you to be sad. So that's where you get stuck. So you go always into sadness. Um, yeah. So if you basically, if you get stuck, what I have found is that if you get stuck in one of these, like if you get stuck in anger, maybe it's because you need to cry. Yeah. Or if you're stuck in grief and a depression, maybe you need to be angry. Um, if you're stuck in bargaining, which I think is like the over-intellectualizing the situations, um, then maybe you need to be angry and cry. Uh, so like any... The stages of grief are really important for you to like walk through all of them because it's a very natural process for every sorrow, for every wound that exists. There's a stepping out of a denial, acknowledging what happened, perhaps grieving that, maybe grappling with it a little bit, and then moving on. So we actually, I think it's kind of what's hard about today's day and age is we don't have, there's not a lot of time. People were doing so much to actually provide space to walk through 
what just happened in this last week? Yeah. So then you have a stacking. And if you have a stacking from childhood, you have this like stacking of unprocessed emotions, unprocessed anger from all these things because you really, maybe you never had the opportunity to process from childhood. And so now you're not processing what's happening in adulthood. And creating a space to actually work out what happened in childhood will naturally unravel what's happened in adulthood too. Um, I think there, because you create, in childhood, you create a thought pattern, many thought patterns that kind of need to be undone and need to be rewritten yeah. um, in order to process, really properly process what's happening right now. Wow. That was profound. Uh, I might have to listen to that section again because you just said a lot, which is really beautiful. Um, one comment and a question. Uh, first is, uh, I like what you said that every sorrow has to be grieved. You have to go through the grief process. And oftentimes I think we get stuck in the, um, well, I dealt with my dad problems a long time ago. And oftentimes for us, the dad problems were not one problem. It was multiple problems. And even it was all like, well, my dad was angry. But it's like my dad was angry every single day or whatever. Not my dad. I'm just using an mm. analogy. But um, and, and what we could say is, well, you might have to grieve every single day to go through the process because there's, and maybe it's not that extensive, but there's probably a lot of different aspects to this, this relationship with dad that have to be grieved through. And sometimes we're like, oh yeah, I dealt with that and moved on, forgive and forget. Um, where in reality, each of these steps of the relationship with dad or grandma or cousin or, or friend or whatever teacher who, that, that was traumatizing in a big way or even a small way has to be kind of walked through. And, and I do want to say, I, I never compare traumas. So um, it, you, could, you could be listening to this and be like, well, I have not experienced anything like what Aaron talked about or, you know, I've, I haven't had, lived a very traumatized life. And I just want to encourage you, never compare traumas because your trauma is your trauma. And I know people who um, have experienced terrible, terrible traumas and, um, and their process, you know, was not as in-depth because it was something I had to work through. And um, I mean, it was in-depth in one sense, but but they just had to work through kind of this one really big, big, deep thing. But it was kind of once they went to that process, it brought a lot of healing and, and they were able to move on. I know people who went through, you kind of like a small thing, like a relationship with a sibling. It's just like, it doesn't seem like a big deal. That took like years to grieve through because um, the, the trauma of that relationship had affected them in so many ways. Um, and so it's never a, well, that's a bigger trauma that my trauma is not as big. It's like, well, what was the sorrow? Like, what was the trauma? What was the experience? What did your teacher say? What did your friend do? What did your friend member um, do or, or say that has affected you um, that you might be living out of and that it might have be stacked up in your life that needs to go through this process of getting out of denial that there was a problem and moving through and, you know, in and out of these stages of being angry about it, being sad about it, kind of over intellectually like bargaining through it and in coming to this place of acceptance. But I have a question, um, and that moves into some people don't feel anything; they're just numb, mm -hmm. and they might be in a stage of like, "Well, I don't, Aaron, I'm not like maybe there's something in my past I don't really remember. Uh, I try to like think about it and just kind of like black. I just there's parts 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 of my life parts of my life that I just don't remember, um, and and I'm just kind of like I just don't even think about it. I don't even worry about it. I just kind of Kind of, kind of what I would say, I, I don't feel much of anything. What would you say to somebody like that? Feelings are a natural part of our reality as humans. So not feeling anything is an indication of there's definitely something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so what advice might you give to help them to enter into the healing process? 
um, ask for healing. Ask the Lord to reveal to you why you're not why you're not feeling. Yeah. Why am I not? Why do I feel rather numb? Just beg the Lord for healing because the healing will draw you closer to Him. So begging the Lord for healing, and then I would say notice. I think if you just start noticing, you'll realize that you are feeling because you are having some kind of reaction. And I, I really find it funny when people say they they don't feel or they are numb because in reality you can actually kind of see it sometimes in them, <laughs> even though they say they they're not feeling anything or they're yeah. numb. Um, so just start noticing because noticing actually helps reveal things, um, can help you step out of denial. Um, so we're supposed to like the Lord, I, I'm supposed to, I believe that the Lord desires us to be in a place of peace. So if something is disturbing our peace, then there's something there. Yeah. And maybe you, it might, it might be out of your awareness. So then ask the Lord, Lord, what is this? Like, why do I feel this way? Why am I upset at what this person said? And and then he he will reveal to you. He will bring, he desires to draw you closer to him. So he will reveal it to you. Sometimes it takes longer um, than other times. I've had, you know, prayers not answered for decades. So, you know, how the Lord reveals himself to you is very unique to you. But I would just start noticing um, and you talked about, you said, just said something beautifully, and you mentioned it earlier, was bringing it to God. And you also talked about, in our world, we don't have a lot of silence. And so uh, we don't want to bring it to God, but oftentimes we need silence to do that. So what would, if, if we're talking about the, entering the healing process, we're just, you know, we're not listeners out there. It's like, man, I do find myself angry at my husband, and I can't really explain why, because he does a little thing, like leaves the dishes, you know, dirty in the sink, and I explode at him, right? And so you brought some stuff up. Maybe there's something there I really need to work through. I, I want to work through it. I want to take this to prayer. Um, and so I think our, our first step, well, let's go to Ador- let's go to the Lord with it. It's going to be hopefully adoration, take some silent time. What would you recommend for someone to begin the process in the silence, of the, uh, to get, begin the process of healing? Uh, start resting more. Okay. Just rest. Uh, in your own, obviously, adoration is like the best, the pinnacle, but sometimes you can't always get to adoration. Um, so just laying down on your bed just creating spaces and time and silence. When you wake up in the morning, just create silence. Yeah. So just start in, interspersing silence and rest in your day. I have a lot of kids. Um, so that was actually, it was imperative. I got to a point where I'm like, I have to lay down in the afternoon and I'm not going to, I I can't really fall asleep, but I just need to lay down. Yeah. And I just start incorporating laying down on my bed for like 15 minutes just to create some space. And and then you, I think I started to recognize that there were actually other places in which I could have space, like in the shower, in the car. Yeah. You just have to turn off the radio um, and then the mind just starts going. Yeah. It, 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 there's actually places that you cr- space can be, you know, silence can actually be created very easily. And silence can be scary. Because God starts bringing stuff up, but I think what we want to encourage you to do is, um, is that whatever God's doing, to trust Him through it. Mm-hmm. That, that in these times of silence, when stuff starts coming up, oftentimes like I just want to turn on the radio, or mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this, you know, right now. Um, that maybe there's a time where it's like I can't deal with it. I mean, Aaron, your story is like a teenager, like I just can't deal with this right now. I had to put my defense mechanisms. God had to use this timing. But in general, um, if God starts bringing stuff up, you need to find the time. 
And this is time, like even laying in the bed, I want to recommend to people, turn the phone off. Like, don't, don't be like, well, I'm going to go lay down, but I'm going to put my phone next to me in case somebody calls or there's a text. It's like, no, this is your 15 minutes because you don't want to be distracted from just this quiet time to, to let the Lord speak and just listen. And just even that time, you can even lay down and it doesn't have to, you have to think about much. of like, Lord, I give you this time. Like, it's yours. Whatever you want to do with it, you know, do with it. And you'll start bringing stuff up sometimes. You'll start speaking. Or sometimes it should be silent. You guys should be, spend time with him. And sometimes it comes like, it does come in the middle of the night. So if you have stuff that's like unresolved, you're probably waking up at night. So instead of maybe doing what you normally do, maybe you grab a magazine or you go, I don't know, maybe you clean or I don't know what you do, but maybe using that moment in the middle of the night to ask God to show you why, why I'm up right now. What is, what are you trying to reveal to me? What needs to be healed here? Why, why is this happening? I start asking questions about the situation and asking for healing. Um, because a lot of the times what's waking us up is our stuff is the overflowing stuff, but it's just hidden to us. And then when the subconscious starts rolling at night, when we Mm -hmm. finally give it a chance to our body, a chance to rest and we're not in control of our thoughts, Mm -hmm. that subconscious stuff can start coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. And those issues and problems can start coming up. Um, even sometimes dreams that um, that, that I'm, I'm very you know, much uh, in my own dreams. I just, oftentimes it's the subconscious at work. And I don't always take things literally of, you know, um, somebody's burying me alive or something. Um, a dream I had recently. I don't think like I'm not afraid that person's literally going to bear me alive. But it's like, oh, like what's going on here? What, why, how am I overwhelmed? What's my subconscious? Like, what's, what's, what's it trying to tell me? What's the Lord trying to tell me through this? Because at the same time, I'm not like, I don't want to separate this psychology aspect from the God aspect. Like, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's at work in those moments. Because even mm-hmm. before I go to bed, I give my, my sleep to God. Mm-hmm. I give my day to God. I've mm-hmm. consecrated myself to the sacred and immaculate hearts. Highly, highly things I highly recommend. Um, and I just like, I know that, that I trust the Lord's working through all of this stuff. Yeah. And so if this has happened, it's like, okay, Lord. And I, I give it to him. It's like, okay, Lord, what are you, what are you working on? But then I was like, okay, and then I think it through, and I give it to the Lord. It's like, okay, what is what's going on? Is there stuff I have that I haven't dealt with? Is there something unresolved? Is there a fear there that I need to deal with? Um, because yeah, it's a beautiful time you say through our dreams, through our sleep, through our quiet time that stuff starts coming up. And oftentimes people are like, I'm always distracted in prayer. And I'm like, well, bring those distractions to God. Mm-hmm. And if they're not of God, he'll, they'll go away. But if they if are of God, they might keep coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing that I'm to keep thinking about, I'm obsessing over this thing from the past, this thing right now, this problem. It's like, okay, well, why am I obsessing over it? What is going on? And these things we can bring to God and all of a sudden, deeper stuff can start coming up. It's like, oh, because there is this issue, this problem, right? I keep thinking about, you know, this situation at work, you know, this person at work. Well, because I have some unresolved issues. And maybe it's not just with that person, it's actually with my mom. And this person reminds me of my mom and I've got to deal with mom stuff, you know? And so we bring this to God, he can, the Holy Spirit can reveal this stuff to us so he can come in and heal. Mm-hmm. But he'll only heal the stuff we bring to him, you know? Uh, he, he's, he's a gentleman. He, he knocks at the door, we're the ones who have to open. I think you're bringing up something very interesting there. A lot of times when what disturbs our peace, what seemingly disturbs our peace is the people around us. <laughs> but what's really disturbing our peace is an unresolved something internally. But very rarely do we take the time to look at what's happening inside of us. And I think that's that's the key, is to not point at the people around us that seem to be touching those irritants, but rather to like start questioning and look inside. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes the emotions are so overwhelming, we get what's called flooded, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're flooded with emotion. Yeah. And so you're at work and somebody says something and it 
you don't even realize why why that started and you just get emotionally or you just get anger anger just floods your system right mm -hmm. and uh and so you kind of have you go back and you start steaming in your office mm -hmm. and uh i want to encourage you the the first thing to do is maybe get some anger up maybe do some push-ups maybe if you have a punching bag you might need to hit the punching bag a little bit kind of get that adrenaline that builds up which is a natural defense mechanism we talked about that last time that the fight flight you know the fight mode has come up mm -hmm. um and then you kind of get flooded but then you, you stop and you go okay like I'm really, really emotional over something that should have made me a little bit emotional. Mm -hmm. What's going on? And these are the perfect times to pray. Like these are, and I just want to say, these are grace-filled moments. Mm -hmm. Like it's so beautiful that God allowed this to happen. And we might be like, it's not so beautiful. God allowed this. It doesn't feel like it, Father. Mm -hmm. But I think these are beautiful moments because these are the times we can say, okay, God, here it is. Like here it is. I'm really angry and I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And let him in and let it begin to work. And that's typically a lot of times where people, where we turn to blame. Oh, it was oh, yeah. it was them. Yeah, their fault. It's oh, their yeah. fault. It, it was them. The, what they said that that's what caused me to feel this way. Um, and I, when you were giving that example, I was thinking about a time when I was pulled into a boss's office and they had a conversation, and I just started bawling, yeah. like totally inappropriately, just crying, like out of control. Um, but there was something God was revealing to me there too. Yeah. Um, it was my stuff. Yeah. So I, I, oftentimes people, you know, when they're struggling with someone, I'm, I was kind of, or somebody says something, I was like, it's normally their stuff, you know, and it's normally your stuff. Like it's, it's, it's your stuff and their stuff just gets hitting together. And that mm -hmm. can cause a lot of tension in relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, it's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, and we might have to grieve that situation. And so the boss says something, you still have to go through the grief process about, about what dad, what the boss said. Um, but there's the appropriate emotional response of, okay, he said something that was hurtful. I feel hurt. I need to go through, I need to grieve this. I need to go through the process. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, like I have an appropriate response and appropriate emotion or response to this versus like, I'm, I don't feel like my emotional level and what was said and what happened are at the same level. Like I need to look into this. I need to bring this to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more there yeah. for sure. Or just every time. It's, I always kind of bring it to God. It's like, here mm -hmm. God, like this person said something that really hurt. Mm -hmm. Like here it is. And, uh, and sometimes that's, that's it. It's just, I bring it to God. We go, you know, I kind of bring it to him. I kind of deal with the anger of it, the sorrow of it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, get into the heart of it and let him work. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes it, the God says, Oh wait, do you remember this situation from when you were a kid uh, that you, that you've kind of unresolved and we need to talk about? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, God, I don't want to think about that actually. And, uh, and so this is, this is like, ah, and he points at it a little bit and I kind of run around a little circles a few times and then, <laughs> No. And that's, that's a natural, I just want to say these are natural parts, but we've got to let God heal. Absolutely. He is. Let God heal. He is because, and again, back, we need a deeper relationship with him. We want deeper relationship with him. And, and when we don't resolve this stuff, we don't have deeper relationship. I just speak for myself. I know, um, like I had, I was, you know, even in, in my formation process, I think I didn't realize how much stuff I had, hadn't dealt with. Um, even becoming a priest, there's all this stuff from the formation process <laughs> that I needed to deal with. And, um, and then, but I finally realized like, as I've been able to bring this stuff to God, these, these trauma, traumatic moments of my life, these, these moments of hurt, these moments of pain, I've found that I've been able to, as, as Aaron said, approach him in a different way. I find myself closer to God. I find our relationship much, much deeper because it's not surface level in certain areas. And that's really complicated. For me, it was never like fully surface level or fully deep. It was like there were parts of the relationship that were surface, there were parts that were deep. Mm -hmm. And and as the more I, I, I enter into bringing this stuff to God, the more I've, I've seen these surface level parts of my heart, these parts that were avoiding relationship with God because of the hurt of, you know, my own past on my own relationships on my own difficulties. Um, and I didn't even have that traumatic of a life, you know, but stuff happens, life happens. 
And to be able to bring this to God has allowed me to enter into a relationship that's not about me and my stuff being put on God, but God and I entering into um, uh, a deeper deeper state of, of being in union. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we're talking about here is allowing God into the wounds so he can like satiate those wounds, so he can dwell in those wounds, and which allows us to actually like live in his joy and his love and his peace more and yeah. Mm, beautiful. Any other, I mean, we're just kind of wrapping up with our time. I just want to give you an opportunity for any final comments or thoughts. One thought that keeps popping up for me is yeah. um, I noticed that in my healing journey, there were a lot of physical things, and it's probably what you're going to be talking about next, or um, there were a lot of, or what you just did, just mm-hmm. talked about. There were a lot of physical numbness that was happening. So as my emotions were becoming a numb, as I was grieving, I noticed my actual physical body was becoming unnumb, and I was actually able to feel their touch my, of my children um, at different stages. It would, I knew they were always touching me. It was obviously your children are always touching you, but I was actually able to feel their touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So each aspect of the healing, like emotional healing, actually enlightens, like the phys- uh, brings an awareness to your physical body and to your mentally, spiritually, it's so, we're so interconnected and it's quite amazing. Like you can receive a physical healing and it reveals something mentally and emotionally to you. So there's just, it's so, um, intertwined. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. We're talking about four different aspects of healing, but like you said, it's all really connected into one because mm-hmm. God's always at work in all these aspects of our life. And I mean, mm-hmm. even not just that you felt, but I know people who have physical problems like the shoulder problems, you know, stomach problems because of their trauma. And when they'd actually dealt with the trauma, they didn't have the shoulder issues anymore right. because they were carrying a burden of, mm-hmm. of, from the trauma, stomach problems because they were carrying a burden from the trauma. And, and when they finally were able to uh, let God come into that place and heal it, the physical problems went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's healing emotions actually unties the knots, the physical knots in our body and in our mind it, yeah. um, in a very beautiful way. When we allow the Lord to enter into our heart, when this, you know when we say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, that's, the, that's what we're talking about here. And then they're all intertwined. And, and emotional healing is about healing your heart. Amen. Um, Aaron, it's been so good to have you. Thank you so much for this this time together. Um, Aaron Sylvester is with us. She's from Restore Dignity. So you can go to restoredignity.org to learn more about the ministry that she's doing here in the Valley and to look up uh, if you want to hear about the retreats that um, Restore Dignity uh, helps put on. Um, Rachel's Vineyard and Grief to Grace are two awesome Rachel's Vineyard. You can go to rachelsvineyard.com or, and then Grief to Grace. I think it's grieftograce.com. Uh, if not, look those up on Google and you'll get to the actual website um, in order to look up these retreats, look at more about them. If there are if anything we've talked about, especially last time or even this time I brought things up. But I do encourage uh, spiritual direction, counseling, um, working through these issues. If there are anything that you need to bring God, most importantly, get into the silence, get into the quiet with God. Um, and so Aaron, as a beautiful woman of God as you are, uh, I believe your inspiration is Mary. And so our question, our fun question today is what image or apparition of Our Lady do you connect with the most and why? Oh, my goodness. Well, I must say, oh, I love this image of Our Lady of Guadalupe here. But if I had to pick one, I would say Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Okay, wonderful. Um, yeah. Her okay, holding, 
her, her holding baby Jesus. Yeah. And it's depicted in a variety of ways. And uh, I was given it in my office um, by my boss. And it I've just had a lot of reflections over it recently. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Our Lady of Guadalupe is probably the first image of Our Lady I really fell in love with. So there's a part of Our Lady Guadalupe that's always going to be in my heart. Right now in particular, I think personally, just as a community, um, Our Lady of Sorrows is really kind of taking hold, which is a little bit of a scary thought. But uh, I just, I love the image of Our Lady of Sorrows, just seeing her with those seven swords piercing her heart and realizing uh, the sorrow she experienced, but that that opened up her heart. That the, the sorrow, the trauma of being there at the foot of the cross and the other traumas she experienced, they're, they're the means that pierced her heart. Mm-hmm. But now her heart is open to love. And so the traumas of life, the difficulties of life, oftentimes God uses, the wounds he uses. But we've got to get him uninfected. So we allow him to heal so they're no longer infected. But the wounds stay. The resurrected Christ still has his wounds. And those wounds can be a means for healing. And we ask God to heal your wounds and, and that those wounds um, can be healed in that from that place of healing you can be an instrument of healing to other people. Thank you so much, Aaron. Amen. And uh, we're going to just say a closing prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit to be upon, especially all those who have wounds that have been stirred up in this time, that those wounds might be healed. They might experience your healing love and your healing touch. You might open up their hearts to receive a, a deeper love from your most sacred heart. Mary, come wrap them all in your mantle of love. Come and begin the healing process and heal the deepest wounds in our heart. And may Almighty God bless all of you as I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.